Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills? ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation based around action learning starting late April. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 today or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran Donald. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme, I'll be catching up with the owner of Irish Coffee Tree at Irish Forest Park, Patrick Stewart. My first guest this week is Lydia based graphic designer and photographer Stevie Toy of Logopix. After graduating from Letterkenny IT, the Monon native worked for a number of local newspapers and brown printers in Letterkenny before branching out on his own. He covered his first wedding as a paid photographer in 2017, and back in February he was named Irish Wedding Photographer of the Year for 2023. Stevie, you are very welcome to Business Thanks very much, Kieran. Stevie, you are almost 30 years uh, in the graphic design business, and back in 2016, you decided to take up photography. I did, yeah. I've, I've always had an interest in um, in photography. I've always had an interest in most things image-based. You know, my, my late father was an artist, so I probably picked it up off him. And um, I, st- I went to Letterkenny for graphic design in the, in the LYIT, and uh, came out of there and started working in the dealer with Niall Harding and the guys and I was in with them guys for about four or five years and I ended up going into your line of work in the newspapers I went to the Inish Times down in Bunkrana I think I was there four or five years as well doing the layout and design of the Inish Times and after that I came back to Brown Printers in Letterkenny and did you enjoy the, the media world? I did actually yeah I did it was all, there was always a bit of crack deadlines were weren't fun but <laughs> we got through it and once you hit your deadlines and got your ads out everything was alright and uh, then I went back into the newspapers after Browns and went to Lurkenny Post with um, Chris Ashmore and, and uh, Paddy Kelly and the gang so um, back in what seven years ago now yeah was it a light bulb moment or did you just decide to take up the camera and see how things go? I, I had a decent little, uh, what they call a bridge camera, and uh, I was on a couple of holidays and took some nice snaps, and then I just decided I'm going to get a DSLR. And I started doing a few landscapes around here because we're, we're blessed with what we have on our doorstep, and I started doing a few photos and stuck them on canvases, and I started to sell, and people said to me, you should start weddings, because I'd taken some photos when I was a guest at weddings, and people were saying, oh, that's a great photo, and you should you should take it up, and I sort of explored the possibilities and and, and sort of learned me trade. I, I didn't have much cash on the hip to buy the, the 2,000 euro lenses and the all the top gear, so I, I actually trained myself by going to the car boot sale and buying old 1980s lenses and learning manually. And uh, and that stands to you today, even to this day, you know, even with the better lenses. If something goes wrong, you can click it into manual and you know what you're doing. So, Stevie, as more kind of a an extension of your own creative qualities, hmm. coming from the graphic design and the photography? Yeah, I think composition's a big thing. It's In anything visual... If a lot of my photos, I will use the rule of thirds, and and that's something that you use. You'll see film directors use it, and you'll you'll see it on TV a lot, and uh, even in design work. If you're doing an advert, it's about where you place things to catch the eye, and it's very much attention to detail is yeah. crucial. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's it's trying to get the message across of what's important in an image. 
So when was your first uh, wedding uh, as an employed photographer? Uh, 2017, with the lovely Laura and Fabian were my first couple. And uh, it was great. It was a great day. And it was, it was funny. It was funny up until a point because the groom almost choked on his dinner. He was that hungry. But <laughs> apart from that, everything else went really well. And uh, from that... Then we got we had another wedding. Then I think about three weeks later. When I say we, I have a second photographer with me, Chris. He's brilliant, and uh, he will help in the, in the morning of a wedding. I'll go to the bride. Chris will go to the groom, and we meet up in the church. Then, so you cover every aspect of the day. Then, so if you can break that down and take mm. it back from the very start of the day. Hmm. Very start of the day, I will generally, depending on the mass time or the ceremony time, I will be with the bride from about half nine in the morning. Um. So I'm there when the hair and makeup's getting done and the girls are getting the champagne and getting all the crack going. Uh, Chris then will go to the groomsmen about an hour and a half before the ceremony because it doesn't take it doesn't take the boys very very long to get dickied up to stick the suits on and away we go. But uh, from there then we get to the church or the the ceremony if it's in if it's a civil ceremony which are quite popular now. Um, I will generally stay with the bride at the back of the church and Chris will be on the altar. So he'll get her going up the aisle and I'll get her going down the aisle. So from there then, it's a very relaxed, I think the most important thing about the wedding day is making sure that we eradicate nerves because there will always be a few wee nerves about, but at the end of the day, it's it's about making the people comfortable. So, uh, making the connection with the couple? 100%, yeah. I suppose my, my history as a barman when I was at college, I, I would, if, there was a, if there was a dog sitting beside me long enough, I'd end up talking to it. <laughs> so, how important is the role of a photographer on someone's wedding day? I think... Yeah. I think spending a lot of money on a wedding, like a wedding is probably the second most expensive thing you'll do as a couple in this day and age. So I think the the importance of of the wedding venue, uh, the the photographer in particular, is there with you from nine in the morning, half nine. So your expertise and your experience can help settle the nerves an awful lot for some brides because you just just get, get them to calm down and you tell them, look, It'll all be a hundred percent right. I've done I don't know how many weddings now, and I haven't seen any any bride fall up the aisle. I haven't seen you know this is what the dread when they're going up the aisle. I'm going to trip or I'll trip in these shoes or you're just alleviating all those problems for them and, and letting them trust your expertise and guidance. And when the wedding day is over, Stevie, what's the next stage in the process? The next stage, well, in, in a way I'm fortunate with my 30 years in graphic design, I, um, I have my own wee systems in Photoshop. Um, I will break the day up into six or seven folders and I'll work my way through a folder a day. Stevie, approximately how many photographs uh, would yourself uh, and your other shooter take uh, on a typical day? On a typical day we would have uh, four cameras between us. So when we get home, I could have anything between 1,200 and 1,600 photos. And from that, now you're going to have duplicates because if if, there's, if you want to get a moment like a first kiss, you might rattle off four or five shots just to make sure you've got it. So you're going to have duplicates and then you work your way through them. But most of my bridal couples will end up with about between five and... 800 images because at the last wedding I did there last week I think it was 851 images was the final total and uh, unlike in the past where it was put into an album uh, yeah are there two ways now is it digital and uh, an actual album the, yeah it's both ways there's the online galleries which is something I provide which are great because you can send that gallery to a family that didn't make it or fit people that are abroad and they can see your day uh, you can also order the albums as well 
and, and in terms of the, the the time from the wedding day to the completion, is mm. it much shorter than it used to be? It it depends on photographers, really. As I say, with my experience, I would generally try and get the photos out within the week. Um, obviously, if you're very busy, you might it might stretch to a couple of weeks. Stevie, uh, I heard you quoted in the past of saying that in making sure. Uh, to capture a good photo of a person, uh, you need to catch a glimpse of their personality. Yeah, 100%. There's, to me, there's a difference between a, a, an image and a photograph. A photograph, if you want to get the person, you have to you have to have that person comfortable in your company and, and get the, those little candid shots, the documentary-style photos where they don't know you're taking the photo. Half the time, they are always the best photos. Have you always had ambition, uh, Stevie, to own your own business? I think I have, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I've always sort of, I've always liked doing things my own way. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm by no means a dictator, as Chris will testify to. But um, I do like doing my own, my own, having my systems in place and doing my own wee thing. And uh, I think it was always on the cards, to be honest with you. Yeah. And we were talking b- before we started recording about the name of your company, Logo Picks. Yes, you yeah. might share that tale with uh, our y- listeners. Well, why you changed it? I ch- well, yeah, I. I, I because I was doing logos and pics, I thought, isn't this a great name, Logo Picks? And in theory, it is a great name, and people have seen the van around. But the amount of people that have said to me, oh, God, I didn't know that was you. I would have got you to do the wedding. I thought that was somebody down the country in this sort of crack. So I ended up just having to add my name and into the into the thing because so many people didn't know it was me. Did that surprise you? It did surprise me in a way because I was on social media all the time and, and I just thought maybe these people think I'm just sharing this fellow's page for the crack. So it goes to show the importance of your name to the brand absolutely. and what you do, Stevie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and as, as a business lesson, I, I think it's the, the first thing I've learned is to use your name. If you do know a lot of people, get your name added into your business name because you will pick up business from that. Stevie, you managed to sort of link up your... Uh time in the media with your current role as a photographer yeah. and a lot of your work has uh, appeared in various uh, local newspapers national newspapers yeah. and magazines yes yeah we featured in RSVPs I think seven or eight times uh, VIP magazine has had us in a few times Save the Date Wedding magazine as well um, I'm just going off the top of my head yeah we've been quite a lot I, our f- photos have, been, have featured quite well thankfully I'm just thinking Stevie you were up and running four years when the pandemic struck yeah uh, well, it was just, uh, I, I was laughing with the wife, I was saying it was just my luck. I won a, I got the highly commended award for the Irish Wedding Awards in 2020 in January. I think it was January the 29th, 2020, and I thought this is going to be great for business. Six weeks later, there's a global pandemic and there's no weddings for a year, so I thought, isn't that great? <laughs> After winning the award, there was nothing happening, but thankfully things are, have picked up. But it was tough now, it was, it was tough, and, and even after the restart, I think cash flow was a big, was a big problem for me because with, um, most bridal couples now will be organizing their wedding a year and a half to two years out, and you're, you're not getting any funds until then so cash flow was an issue at the very start so I relied somewhat on my um, graphic design work Monday to Friday uh, doing little bits and bobs adverts for the papers and stuff like that so it showed the importance of having a second, uh, second string, string. Yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah and I still to this day I still do quite a bit of design so would your time be evenly divided now between the graphic design and the photography I would say it's gone more to the photography side of things now 
um, because um, I don't just do wedding photography. I do weddings, wedding food photos. I do photography of all sorts, headshots for business people and stuff, stuff like that as well. Just going back to the pandemic, Stevie, was mm. rescheduling uh, weddings that were postponed, was that uh, difficult to sort of manage? It was very, I, I felt so sorry for any couples that had to do it because it wasn't, I had to look at it from, from one point of view, but the bridal couples had to think of their hotel, their band, their photographer, their videographer, and trying to get a date that suited all those people that they had put deposits down on. So it was very difficult for the bridal couples in particular, but um, thankfully most, I didn't lose any, put it that way, which was good. I was able to, to um, ensure that anybody that did reschedule, I was able to slot them in. Has it taken until 2023 for things to maybe be back to normal now again? I would say, yeah, probably, you know, July, August last year, things were back to normal, I would say. Um, but it did take that. It did take a, a good year and a half, I would say, for things to get to a level where people were comfortable again. And like we did have two or three weddings where there was only 25 guests. And they were very emotional weddings for the couple because so many of their guests were on Zoom calls and, you know, they couldn't get there and those brothers stuck in America and sisters in Australia and stuff. And it was emotional. But And it was, from our point of view, it was quite difficult to make it look like there was more than 25 people there. So you, you were quite challenged? It was challenged, yeah, it was challenging. But uh, thankfully now there was, we, I, I, we have some lovely photos from the day and, and everything went well in that regard. But it was tough on them, especially not having their loved ones there on their day. And possibly those photographs were maybe uh, more important uh, and more poignant than maybe photographs from a normal wedding day? Uh, probably, yeah, probably because the people that were there were the only ones that could be there. You know, the 25 rule was very tough, and that was including your bridal party. So there was bridesmaids and groomsmen that were given the chop because they wanted to get other people in. So uh, like 25 people included that. Just looking at your social media uh, presence, Stevie, yeah. um, you're busy uh, on a lot of, of platforms. I am. It's a great yeah. way to showcase your work. It is, uh, absolutely, especially in a business that's that's primarily image-based. Um, it is, and it's something that I need to push more, to be honest with you, because I get wrapped up in my work and I forget that I didn't post anything in three days. And it's it's crucial to be doing it, you know. Um it's con- I've any amount of content to put up there, but it's just getting the time to do it and, and getting it up. But I do have to schedule it in. I really have to push it more because we have some images there that are beautiful photos. Like the, the sh- I should showcase them more than I do. Is it hard to imagine uh, a business world now without social media? It's. I would say it's impossible. I would say it's impossible. Everything's social media now. Like I have a website which um, I have to. I'm getting a new website rebuilt now in the next few weeks. Um, but I would say eight or nine of my bookings out of ten come from Facebook and Instagram. You mentioned uh, earlier, Stevie, that you were highly commended at the 2020. Irish Wedding Awards. Yes. And back in February of this year, you were named Irish Wedding Photographer of the Year. Yes. The 2023 Irish Wedding Awards. How did that feel? It was uh, very much unexpected. We were down in the Crown Plaza in Dublin, and um, I, I was there. I think I was the only photographer from Ulster that was in that section, and um, thankfully I met the guys from the Rock Hill Ramblers, the, the, the wedding band, so we weren't alone down there in Donegal. And... Um, we were sitting at the, at the table with the guys and um, I, I had a couple of pints and thought, ah, 
I don't think I'm going. I don't think I have anything to worry about here. I'm not going to get too far. And um, Andrew Hayes from TV3 says the winning photographer was myself. I nearly died. And how has reaction been to that? It's been brilliant. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Been lo- loads of. Uh, I'm originally a Monaghan man, so a couple of papers down in Monaghan were saying Clonus native, and the papers up here were saying Letterkenny man, and I didn't know. What, I was trying to sit in the fence between both and say, "Oh well, I don't know where I'm from anymore." To be honest with you. <laughs> Tell me, Stevie, what is the biggest challenge that you've faced since setting up business? I think the biggest challenge for anybody starting up their own business at the very start, uh, thankfully now, I didn't get myself into debt. I didn't go getting bank loans and, uh, and things like that. But the biggest challenge is certainly cash flow at the start. And, and trying to allocate cash that you do get. Learning where to spend your advertising money is a big thing. Um, I've spent, I've wasted money left, right, and centre with adverts. And whatever, um, one piece of advice for anybody starting out: never boost a post on Facebook because you might as well throw that water and money into the water. It's pointless. So create an ad campaign on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you're doing it, and go that way because the boosts are just useless. Is there one particular uh, social media platform that works better for you? At the minute, Facebook is working better for me, but that is most likely my fault because I use it more. Um, I know I should be using Instagram more than I am, and I will be starting to push it a bit more. But um, I haven't gone down the road of TikTok yet, and I haven't got to the stage of doing uh, reels and anything like that yet, really. But that's something I will be doing when I'm out and about at the weddings now this summer. Tell me, Stevie, do you have a mentor that you turn to for bits of advice or support? Um, I, I do and I don't. My brother's uh, quite a successful businessman in Belfast, and um, if I have any questions about anything, I'll, I'll contact Paul, but he will instantly say, put your prices up, put your prices up. This is, this is all I hear from Paul. So. What's his line of business? <laughs> He's IT security, so he can afford to put his prices up with the, with the current crack that's happening in the HSE and everywhere else, you know. Tell me, Stevie, is there a person in business that you admire most? I admire many, many business people in this town, in particular in the wedding industry. I admire all the hoteliers because without them, the days, if you don't have that organization, a wedding day, you know what it's like if you have 300 people at a bar trying to corral them into corners and get them to sit down. The, the hotels are brilliant. We're very lucky up here as well. We have some brilliant wedding photographers and videographers about, and we're blessed, to be honest with you, in this part of the world. But um, my... my um, I would have so much respect for all the people around here that do deal in weddings because person, this is a personal belief, but I think Donegal does it best. I have to say that. Um, we've done weddings all over the country, but the hotels here are on the ball. If you had followed your childhood dream job, Stevie, what would you be doing today? Hmm, I'd probably be playing football. Shattering my leg when I was seventeen, putting them the up. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I, I actually, I love what I do, and you know, people would say to me, "How, how in the name of God can you sit down at the computer and work your way through twelve hundred photographs?" I love it. I stick a podcast on, have a jar of coffee, and start working through the photos. Have you a wedding lined up for this weekend? Not this weekend. Now the next few weeks, it's all uh, family portraits and communions. So uh, I have a lot of work coming up now in April and May, and then my wedding start again in June. And looking down the road, Stevie, what does the future hold for yourself 
and your business? Um, as the future holds, I think it's just keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not trying to put a time scale on it because I think if you hit your, if you don't hit targets, you can let that um, bother you. So I think I'll just take things as it comes, let the name get out there, let people see my work, and uh, we'll grow step by step. Stevie Toy, owner of Weddings by Stevie Toy Logopics. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks very much, Kieran. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Join us after the break when we'll be talking to Patrick Stewart. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills? ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation based around action learning starting late April. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 918206 today or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Patrick Stewart opened Ards Coffee Tree in Ards Forest Park along with his wife Karen in 2017. The lockdowns in 2020 saw a notable increase in the number of visitors to Ards Forest Park and that increase in footfall held firm in 2021 and 2022. Much of Irish Coffee Tree stock is sourced locally, with its full range of tray bakes supplied by Anpank Patisserie in Fulcara. Patrick, you are very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks very much, Kieran. Patrick, can we go back to the start of your business journey and maybe tell our listeners how it all began? Um, I suppose the, the initial thought uh, would have came back in 2016, uh, myself and my wife Karen, um, obviously we live here in Ards ourselves with our three kids and uh, we'd been regular visits to the Ards Forest Park and uh, we was probably seen a need for, um, you know, a coffee shop or a refreshment um, stand in the park and uh, that's where the initial idea kind of came to mind. Had there been anything there before that, Patrick? Uh a couple of years prior to that, there would have been an, another shop, um, but uh, it was uh, closed for a couple of years, so no, nothing had happened in uh, those couple of years leading up till 2016. So what was the next step in the process once you decided that, yes, you were going to give this a go? Um, well, the, the initial contact was to um, reach out to Kilcha. Uh, they're the guys that run the park, so um, Karen would have reached out to Kilcha, got an initial uh, meeting with them, um, and they asked us to come up with a business proposal. So uh, we did that, and uh, they were um, impressed with what we had offered, but uh, obviously it had to go to public tender then. Um, so after a couple of months of uh, reviews, uh, we won the tender and uh, we were accepted into the park. Can you take me back to the first day of business? Uh, the first day of business was, uh, yeah, it was nerve-wracking for us. Um, you know, we're, we're not shopkeepers or in the trade business, but um, yeah, it was exciting. It was something new. It was something that we probably thought about you know, for a couple of years beforehand. And uh, yeah, lucky enough, I think everybody got uh, ice cream and hot drinks that they, they wanted that day. And you had you have three children of your own, Patrick, so I'm sure uh, they were the first customers that day. Yeah, well, funny, Kieran, um no, my, my kids would be part of the furniture down there and the regular visits, visitors to the park will know them. Uh, they'll actually know their names at this stage. 
And what I often say is we're probably 10 or 15 euro down every day before we even start the day. So, yeah. so what time of the year did you start uh, your first year? Uh, we started in June of 2017. Um, Good that, time of year to start? Yeah, we, we had sort of planned to start uh, for the May bank holiday. Um, but then with some... Uh, different things that you know different hurdles that we had to jump over um we had to push it out in another month so yeah it was uh the middle of june by the time we got started but yeah it was still it was probably the best time of the year till actually start and how was your first year of trading patrick um yeah you know what we didn't really know uh you don't know what you don't know um we were hoping for you know to sort of break even and just get our foot in there and you know move on to 2018 but uh, by the time the, the kids went back to school in September you know, we were more than happy with what happened in July and August and, and in relation to the size of the unit Patrick, can you explain to our listeners uh, the makeup of what you have done there yeah well we were given a small plot of land by Kilcha to facilitate our um, structure so um, really we were tied down to the, the size we were given but uh, we felt like there was no need to go too big too soon so we uh, purchased a, a log cabin that is 8 metres by 5 metres we generally cater for is hot drinks so you know all your different coffees teas, uh, hot chocolates and then obviously um, there's an array of um, ice creams um, scooped ice creams from Mullins um, and then just your usual sort of bars and uh, crisps and soft drinks. Is there a particular favourite? I suppose on the uh, ice cream side of things, it would be honeycomb and uh, cookies and cream. They seem to be the most popular. Um, and then obviously during the colder months, it's hot chocolates with the, the cream and marshmallows. Just going back to the first year, but when the tour season uh, ended, uh, obviously around September time, did you cease trading or did you look at maybe keeping things going over weekends and holidays? Yeah, well, the, the initial plan was it was only ever going to be a kind of summer project. Um, we didn't think there, will, you know, there would have been custom throughout the year. But uh, when September came and we sort of started to tell the regular customers that we were thinking of closing until possibly Christmas, they were like, um, no, you have to stay open. So... Uh, we had really good staff that were helping us out, a uh, couple of young girls and um, a fella here locally, and they were willing to give up their Saturday and Sundays, uh, the few hours that they have off from school, and uh, we said we'll give it a go Saturday and Sundays leading right up to Christmas, and uh, thankfully it's, you know... It's it's very weather dependent. Um, you know, we, we rely a lot on it being a decent day and uh, people getting out and about. But generally speaking, um, you know, at breaks even, you have good days and bad days. Patrick, COVID happened in 2020. Uh, and at the same time, it saw a significant increase in the number of people visiting ours. Were you able to remain open and operational during the periods of lockdown? Yeah, well, like like everywhere, we shut down. You no, know, that in March of 2020. Um, but after a couple of weeks, we realised there was a need for the arts coffee tree to to be open to service the local people within the, the five kilometre radius at the time. Um, everywhere else shut, and obviously we were able to facilitate a you know a takeaway service. Um, 
Arts Forest Park is, you know, pretty vast in the area. So, you know, there was no danger of, you know, any the social distancing, Kieran. So, um, you know, it sort of ticked that ball. Um, we had... Um, a girl and a boy, their brother and sister, that were able to work in the shop. So they were coming from the same household. So, uh, yeah, we're very lucky in that uh, aspect of things. And given the fact that there was no sport, uh, no pubs open, and no collective uh, gathering of any size, there wasn't a lot to do. So I'm sure the locals gravitated towards the forest park. Yeah, well, it was funny. You know, we we often comment that you know we seen fathers that we didn't even know were the fathers of these kids um, that were coming to the park. You know, on a weekly basis. Then, um, obviously, as you said, there was no bars, no football, no sport. Um, so, you no, know, it was a great outlet for people to come have their walk, have a treat, and, um, you know, even meet up with people out in the, the open spaces and, you know, be able to have that social connection that people were craving for at the at the time. And in 2021 and 2022, did you notice uh, a bounce in business? Uh, yeah, like, you know, once the lockdown sort of um, stopped, um, you know, People in Ireland still didn't really want to travel too far. So um, I guess 2021 and 2022, we've seen lots of tourists coming from down south, you know, even further south than Dublin and Galway. We, you know, you'd see the Jade job, uh, jerseys from Car Kerry, Tipperary, that you wouldn't have normally have seen. So, yeah, we've seen a big influx of um, just Irish tourists, more so than um, the foreign tourists. And the fact that Irish Forest Park is the only culture forest in Ireland that has a beach is an added attraction, doesn't it? Oh, it certainly is, Kieran. Um, sometimes we take it for granted here um, in Ards. You know, sometimes you don't know what you have until somebody tells you from somewhere else. Um, for example, there was tourists from Switzerland here, I think it was about maybe 18 months ago. And I was saying how beautiful Switzerland is, and I would love to visit, and uh, you know the big mountains and the lakes. And his reply was, "What are you talking about? You have everything here within like a five mile radius. You know, you've Muckish Mountain, Shiphaven Bay, the Forest Park, you know, all the lakes around Chrysler. And you no, know, it really made me think. We, you know, we are in a you know a prime location. Very lucky of what we have." Do you think that maybe more can be done to promote Arts Forest Park? Ah, look, at I'm biased, I guess, in this answer, and I would say yes. But um, I don't think anybody that comes to Arts uh, goes away disappointed. So, no, I, I would definitely would love to see more promotion to the whole area of Chrysler Dunfanny. What's been your biggest challenge, Patrick, since yourself uh, and your wife took on the business? I suppose just being new to it, Kieran. You know, the the first couple of years are a real learning curve. Just managing stock, making sure you had enough in, um, maybe ordering too much in, things going out of date. You know, just real amateur mistakes. You know, in the first year or two. Um, but I suppose our biggest um, um, issue is the weather. Um, if we get good weather, yes, it's it's easy and it's. Um, it's busy, but if you get poor weather, you're you know you're left with lots of cakes, maybe, and you're basically feeding your family and friends. So, 
I take it you're always looking ahead and you're always on the phone on the app looking for at the weather? Yes, my uh, my busiest app on the phone is the YR weather app, yeah. And uh, just in terms of lessons, what's the best lesson uh, that you've learned so far? I suppose, Kieran, going back to my initial thoughts off the coffee shop, um, a friend of mine said, you know, you take the risk or lose the chance. So sometimes you have to go forward and, you know, put yourself out there. Um, obviously, you have to estimate what you can lose and what you can gain. Um, so probably reach for what you want, but don't overreach. And six years on, uh, are you happy that you took the decision to set up? Oh, most definitely. You know, at, as I said earlier, it was really only going to be a, a summer thing that, you know, would give it a go and have a laugh and try to teach our kids that, you know, life isn't that easy. You have to work a bit for it. Um, but yeah, six years on, you know, my, my oldest girl now is uh, working down there, part of, part of the furniture. Um, so yeah, it's all, it's all been positive. Tell me, Patrick, if you had followed your childhood dream job, what would you be doing today? Um, it wouldn't be serving coffee, but uh, I think uh, I always wanted to be an airplane pilot, but uh, that didn't work out. Where did that Where did that idea come from? Ah, uh, just from you know from my parents. We did uh, lots of travel when we were young, um, and I was always fascinated by airplanes and just going from country to country. Have you had a tendency since to sort of maybe go back and look at that possibility of taking up something like that? I don't know, Kieran. Uh, three kids here. Uh, I don't have much uh, surplus money till uh, <laughs> between Irish dancing lessons and uh, speech and drama, but you never know. Is there a person in business, Patrick, that you admire most? Um, well, I suppose you, you always gravitate to the, the likes of the Michael O'Leary's and these people. Um, but I suppose locally, um, I would have to praise a guy called Larkin Verde up in Wild Atlantic Camp. Um, he's a guy that took plenty of risks and uh, didn't lose the chance, you know. So, um, no, I would say Larkin is a guy locally that employs lots of people, takes lots of chances and um, has a lots of successful businesses. Patrick, I do know that your own business has been extremely generous uh, since you set up and supporting a lot of local and worthy charities. Yeah, well, I suppose like everything, you want to give back something, uh, no matter how small or big it is. Um, what we tried to do once we opened was to have a, a yearly open day, uh, which Kelcha uh, facilitated where they lifted the barrier and uh, what we tended to do was um, any um, profits that we made for the day we would donate along with any donations that uh, the, the visitors give on the day um, so we the charities that we always sort of uh, gravitated to was uh, the Mountain Rescue Donegal Mountain Rescue uh, local guy Martin Toy would have took down uh, the rescue jeep and give demonstrations on the day um, because being in the park if somebody falls or if there's an injury they're the first point of contact um, we also had charities such as uh, Donegal Hospice uh, Bumbleance and uh, the Crumlin's Children's Hospital so yeah look at it's it's just something to give back uh, I think it's, it's a nice touch and you know people 
generally like to uh, come down and support anything that we um, are running. Patrick, as we head into the, the second quarter of the year, how are things in Chrysler and, and the surrounding areas since uh, the tragedy back in October? Yeah, you know what, Kieran, it's, it's hard to judge. Um, down in Arts Coffee Tree, obviously after the tragedy, um, there was no obviously a big shadow over the, the whole locality. Um, but I think since the turn of the new year, um, people... I think out of a mark of respect, maybe you know, weren't travelling down so much. Um, but since the turn of the year, I can definitely see familiar faces returning to the park. And uh, to tell you the truth, it, it's great. I think, you know, personally, it, it gives everybody a boost uh, to see, you know, lots of new families, kids running around again. So, yeah, look, it, we'll, just, uh, just, we'll just keep moving forward, I guess. Before we started recording, uh, you mentioned to me about older generations who used to visit the park as children were coming back there themselves with their children or their grandchildren. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, you might see a man that's maybe in his 40s with his kids and he's saying, you know, I haven't been here in 25 years. My, my own mum and dad brought me here, you know, back in the 80s, early 80s, 70s, whatever. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you can see grandparents, you know, coming back with their grandchildren now and uh, buying, buying them the ice cream, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. You know, obviously, with Dunfanny and Chrysler and Downings uh, being such sort of like tourist hubs around here, um, you know, there's that multi-generational um, aspect of things where, you know, people keep coming back year in, year out. And finally, Patrick... What lies ahead for yourself and your business? You know what, Kieran? Um, we're sort of taking it every year as it comes. Um, you know, we're, if you'd have said we'd be here in six years uh, when we initially started, I would have laughed at you. So, no, I think we'll just continue what we're at. Uh, we're just a small coffee shop catering for hot drinks and ice cream. Um, I don't think there's any point us trying to compete with the, the restaurants or the cafes of Chrysler or Dunfanaghy. So we're there to tick the box where you know, families are out having a good day, have their little treat. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where we see ourselves. Patrick Stewart, owner of Irish Coffee Tree in Irish Forest Park. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Stevie Toy and Patrick Stewart. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills? ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation based around action learning starting late April. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 today or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.